In today's episode, Kate Buck Jr. talks about the absolute best gift you can give yourself and how it can multiply your productivity. Are you hitting a wall in your business because you feel like you're too busy? Do you ever wish there were more hours in a day? This podcast is for hyper-focused entrepreneurs who want to learn the secrets of superhuman productivity. Together, we're going to kick procrastination in the teeth. We're going to slice through BS excuses like a katana blade. We don't ever wonder what happened because we're the ones that made it happen. My name is Josh Thomas. You've now entered the do zone. Welcome to the DZ Tribe. Desire is a contract you make with yourself to be unhappy until you get what you want. Naval Robinkant. DZ Tribe, Josh Thomas, glad to have you. Hey, to make sure you don't miss another episode, be sure to follow and subscribe on Apple or Spotify. Also, if you're looking to better understand how you get stuff done, head on over to dozonedna.com and take our personality profile assessment built specifically for busy entrepreneurs like yourself. It'll show you how to build your world around you for optimal performance. Once again, that's dozonedna.com. Today's guest is Kate Buck Jr. She is the CEO of Social Media Pro and has been called the godmother of social media management. Since 2010, she has trained more than 30,000 social media professionals. Many of her students have gone on to become influencers or work at major brands like Facebook. Kate, welcome to the Do Zone. Say what's up to the tribe and tell us something you believe is the key to getting stuff done that most people wouldn't think of. Well, hey, thank you for the generous introduction and hello to the tribe. I'm excited to be here and to chat with y'all today about productivity. Um, so I'll share the one thing that I share with my students in my social media tribe uh, as a way to become more productive or more effective is that um, I don't know it's that I don't know if it's a thing that no one would think of, but the first place I have them go is to handling is outsourcing personal tasks that nobody likes to do. I'm sure actually people have said that a hundred times, but I'm just gonna share from being someone who teaches people that are givers and doers, the idea of having something outsourced that takes care of you. My number one thing is house cleaning. Most of my social media people, when they're just getting started with their business, like they haven't done that yet where they have hired help to come, I don't know, run errands for them or clean their house. But the feeling of sitting down at your desk, getting something done while somebody else is taking care of one of those maintenance type tasks, the joy that it brings me <laughs> to know that I'm still being productive while something that I really care about is getting done. Uh, is a really big deal to me. So I, it's a gift, really. It's a gift that you give yourself um, to do to do that sort of thing. So I highly recommend that if you're struggling with productivity, if you can find something that you would just love to have happen that makes you happy and that makes you smile, but that somebody else can do it for you, that you find a way to make that happen. You know, it's a it's a great lesson, and it's it's one of those simple practical, applicable things. The The simplest thing that you can do is have somebody just come and clean your house because how much time does that really take you? Well, depending on how neurotic you are, it might take a while, <laughs> but uh, 
regardless, even if you're just kind of moderately clean, you're probably not going to spend more than a couple of hours a week on this. But it's a couple of hours that you have to set aside and you have to do it. And you can probably pay somebody not a whole lot of money to come and do that for you. And it plants the seed that maybe there are other things that aren't a good use of my time that I would still like done. Yeah. My friend, Nicole, I, um, she has a full-time job right now. She doesn't, she's not a business owner and she was kind of complaining to me a little bit, you know, or lamenting anyway about all she has to do. And I said, why don't you have a virtual assistant, um, to help you book appointments or pay bills or do like these type things that you can train somebody else to do. And she was like, oh, well, I know about virtual assistants for people that have businesses, but I don't have a business. So I never thought I should have an assistant. And I was like, that's just insanity. So now she likes to call me and say like, guess what my assistant did for me today? Or, you know, she books her doctor's appointments or checks on the phone bill or, you know, whatever it is. And so I love that I was able to give that gift, right? Because uh, it just makes you feel good to give yourself gifts. So look at those productivity things as a gift that you give yourself. And maybe that's the real hack that people haven't thought about it. We think about outsourcing it, but have you looked at it as a gift that you give yourself? Then you're going to start looking for more places that you can do it because who doesn't like getting gifts? <laughs> right? And you know exactly what kind of gifts you love. I know exactly you. what kind of gifts I love. I, right? No one buys me better gifts than myself. <laughs> That's exactly right. And well, you really hit on the, the most important part of this is, uh, you know, cleaning your house, you might immediately think, well, what does that have to do with running my business more efficiently? Well, first of all, it, it takes that off your plate, which not only removes the manual labor, but it removes the mental load of having to think about doing it, which might be 10 times worse than actually doing it sometimes. And, and that happens in our business all the time. I personally, when you said virtual assistant, I've had a virtual assistant for, I think at least seven years now, not the same one, but uh, I hired a virtual assistant long before I could afford one. Uh, it was, I was, you know, barely scraping by and I knew that there's no, there's no way in hell that I'm going to get out of this situation I'm in while I'm spending three hours a day checking my email and setting appointments. That's three hours that I could get back, that I could do whatever the hell I want, including nothing, which is coming back to the point of the mental load. If I want to do nothing with that time, it's recharge time so that when I am ready to be productive, then I've got the energy and the capacity to do it. There's one more thing about it if we're using the house cleaning example, but I think it also applies to the task list type examples is um, uh, for me, my level of productivity increases the, I am the neat freak. Um, shocker. Um, so my, the aesthetic environment that I'm in supports my, um, supports my productivity. So I remember, um, I have some Facebook posts from like a long time ago where like, Oh, I'm resisting doing this recording thing that I'm supposed to do, but here I am scrubbing the baseboards or whatever. And it's because my physical environment also, um, has an impact on my internal environment and my mental state. Uh, the same is true of that to-do list, right? Just Josh was talking about the the mental, the weighingness on you that it needs to get done. There's nothing also that may, besides taking care of myself and giving myself gifts, marking stuff done. 
on the to-do list or seeing stuff done on the to-do list also makes me feel good. It removes mental clutter and it creates space to create. So, you know, just in creating an environment that has flow, has movement, has momentum, is is aesthetically pleasing and is a gift to yourself. And I love that you said about not waiting to do it until it's critical and you have to do it, but doing it in advance so that you give yourself some space to have three hours. I love the idea. Next time the maid is over, I'm going to just watch Netflix. I'm going to see how that feels. Right. Or just watch the maid, depending. Oh, never mind. Or just watch the maid. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to watch with the maid. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> right. <laughs> Good stuff. Just talk so, to her while she's cleaning. Okay. So, so, so Kate, uh, take us back to the good old days of early social media and you, you are like the primordial version of the first social media influencer coming out and you're surrounded by all of these uh, heavy hitter people that said, oh, you're the go-to expert. Talk, talk to me about like the, the random happenstance that had to happen for you to jump into this position to grow your career into what it's become. Yeah. Okay. Well, somebody suggested that I get on Twitter in 2008 and I was like, what's a Twitter? Um, <laughs> but I did. And, um, and I was just, um, I mean, I was just kind of a Twitter whore in the sense of, I wanted to connect with anybody that could give me a job. I was hungry and I needed a job. So that's why somebody said, get on Twitter. And so anybody that had a little bit of influence, if they were a business owner, if they were a director of marketing somewhere, if they just had, uh, if they were an entrepreneur, um, I don't know, uh, anything, I connected with them. So I didn't have any bias uh, at that point about who I was connecting with. And then I was too afraid to do what a lot of us do now, which is like, uh, which is still a, is a good strategy now uh, about speaking um, influentially or talking like as an authority or establishing any kind of credibility. So my brand really actually grew more out of just trying to be everybody's best friend. And now we call it giving value. <laughs> mm -hmm. But like, I didn't know that that's what I was doing. It was more like... Um, it was more like if somebody tweeted and they asked a question, I just go, I would hurry up and Google it and answer it. I just did a little TikTok video yesterday called um, uh, you get what you give. And um, I'm not afraid to go. Go I mean, people just don't even know that, that you ask a question. Do you know that all of them, literally almost all of them can be answered on Google? So yeah. I would scroll the Twitter feed. Actually, I had an alert set up for certain keywords of people asking questions about how to use Hootsuite or TweetDeck or like these different apps that I knew people were always asking questions about and I would answer them. And I wasn't, I mean, I was just trying to find, I was on the side trying to find a job, but like I was just doing it to be helpful. And also because it was the only thing I could do besides post tweet about football Mm -hmm. um, or, you know, fun, friendly, like be personal stuff. Now, all of that being said, it came together in a nice pie, um, along with my pink hair and the fact that the junior is my last name, which was all an accident. So all of it was an accident, but sometimes you do that stuff. Um, I have another little PS, I have another little TikTok called, um, smart people do smart things. 
And it's about the fact that sometimes we do, we just have to trust ourselves because we do smart things. And then you look back and you see the strategy of how it worked. So picking a unique name, having a unique look, being willing to like jump in and answer questions. And I remember even like installing apps on my phone to try to figure out, was this app better than the other app? I had never used it just so that I could answer somebody's question. So along with that value givingness, answering questions, helpfulness, and then coupled with the idea that I, I was afraid to be an authority, but I could be your friend. I could talk to you about movies and I could talk to you about restaurants and I could talk to you about, you know, uh, personal stuff, uh, kind of all came together in this soup of like, I was approachable. I was memorable. I was, and I gave value. And I learned later that those were the three things of the recipe that I needed in order. And that, that literally, uh, that has sustained me since 2009. It's 2022. And mm -hmm. I've had a career based on being memorable, giving value and being approachable. The, you know, the end. Be memorable, give value, be approachable. Uh, I I particularly resonate with the idea that smart people do smart things. It's where like you have to trust yourself that you're making the right decision because you're a smart person. Uh, and there may not be any visible logic to this decision, but it's just like life has taught me to do it this way and I'm going to do it this way. And if I look back on it, it's going to make a lot of sense that I do it this way. Mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's one of those things where, uh, I, I ran a podcast for four years called how to lose money. I uh, had a good time. It was great, but got tired of it, retired it, uh, moved on. And then I was sitting there like, hmm, I don't have anybody to talk to. <laughs> so like, all right, well, I'm going to start another podcast, started this other podcast called the do zone. And I bring on entrepreneurs and we talk about getting stuff done. And it was one of those things like, I feel complete again. I feel whole again. I'm creating more opportunities again because it was a smart thing to do. Otherwise, I'm just sitting here and my message, my voice, what I have to share with the world is just not getting beyond my own reach. How do I change that? Well, I got to get out there and talk to people. I got to bring smart people like you on there that teaches us how to do smart things, that we're already doing the smart things. Just do them and believe in yourself. Just believe in yourself as a little, there, there's some, um, I, I have a, I had a course that it, and I, I literally had to even repeat that formula to myself at least two or three times before I started recognizing that I'm a smart person. So I just do smart things. So just keep trusting what I'm doing, even if I don't have the validation for it. So I, in my mind, I invented this model for selling social media services and I was doing it for a really long time. And then I noticed it was working. And then I taught it to somebody else and it worked for them too. And that's the moment where I look, looked back and went like, well, how did I, I guess I'm just a smart person. No one told me to do that. I just started doing it seemed like what would work. And then I was like, okay, maybe you're just a smart person. And so you do smart things. Even if no one told you there was no book to read, there was nothing to learn. Maybe you're just a smart and anyway. So, um, and besides it's a catchy title. And yeah. uh, so it's my little, it's a little bit of my mantra these days as I'm venturing off into some new things for myself of being a, instead of being an entrepreneur um, or a 
freelancer slash agency owner. I'm actually moving into full entrepreneurialism. I have to remind myself a lot that I'm a smart person and I do smart things. So whatever it is that I think is the next step, like we should just take it because simply based on the fact that I think it might be the right next best step. So take that, take that for yourselves as well. Trust yourself a little bit more, even when you don't have any data or training or validation or anything to tell you that you're headed in the right direction. Because the real truth is, even if you're not right, that action is better than nothing. Valid. Uh, I had a conversation recently. I, I put out a podcast solo episode a while back called Measure Once, Cut Twice. Um, and my 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 poor grandfather is turning in his grave every time I see that, I'm sure. But uh but it, it has to do with, you know, measure measure twice, cut once is what all of our grandparents taught us back in the day. Like you don't have anything worth doing, Josh, it's worth doing right. Okay. And uh and I realized that that advice, while sound, it keeps people in the measuring phase and the measuring is motion. Measuring is not action. The cutting is the action. And so what ends up happening is we end up measuring eight times and we never cut. And so like, all right, close enough. I'm going to cut it. Whoops. That's not right. Ah, whatever. I'll fix it. I'll fix it later. Yeah. You know, Great I'm going to outsource on. the fixing of it. <laughs> Great book on that ready, fire, aim by Michael Masterson, right? Ready, fire, aim. So, um, we, um, well, Josh, we have had an experience on a project that we worked on together where we could have ended up in perpetual planning. And Josh definitely was always the advocate of when are we going to let this puppy, you know, run wild. There is some measure of planning that makes sense to do in projects, but especially talking about on a product podcast talking about productivity. Wow. That was a mouthful. Um, getting an right. part of getting Welcome stuff to done my is world. actually must actually be getting stuff done. Right. <laughs> and not just planning to get stuff done. That's right. You know, Kate, you got a beautiful noggin there. I want to crack it open. Take a look at that brain. Let's do some do zone diagnostic. What do you think? Do it. Right. This is a series of five questions, uh, that I ask every guest just rapid fire. First thing that comes to mind, number one, What's one thing you do that keeps you focused on your goals? Ah, the EOS system is, uh, I live by the EOS system. So I have a little, my daily to-do list board starts at the top with my quarterly goals that I've set. And of course, those quarterly goals are a reflection of what I've said I want to accomplish in that year. So that's the one thing, one of the thing I do to stay on my goals is that even my daily tasks before I can scroll down and see them on my Monday board, I, 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 I see my quarterly rocks and then each one of those tasks, I actually have a tag on it where I have to tag the task as to which goal of mine uh, for that quarter is it associated with. And if it's not, I have to actually do a little justification dancing with myself about why I'm going to let it through when it's a new thing that I haven't yet put on my goals board. But EOS has been a game changer for me. Inside now, do you of that actually structure. dance though? Well, you know, I actually, yes, I do <laughs> actually dance in many ways. That's what my degree is in, uh, the classics. And now I do salsa dancing, but yes, I do. Dance for okay. You. But do you do the justification dance? 
I do the justification dance because sometimes I want to change my mind and it's okay. It's okay to change your mind. So I have to sit with myself and ask myself, am I willing to shuffle some other goal? Because we, as I'm sure has been said on this podcast, you only have so many hours in the day. And I I just, I know it's supposed to be a short answer. And I'm pretty sure you're worried about this with me is that, um, um, I have a good friend who's an online influencer and we both got several friends that are online influencers. We all got started at the same time. And Tony Robbins says, we overestimate what we can do in a day, but we underestimate what we can accomplish in five years or 10 years. And I've literally lived a decade online. So I see where my friends are that I'm not. And I know it's a hundred percent because of what you just asked me that I didn't keep my goals in front of me and I didn't cut everything else out that wasn't specifically getting me to my goal. And so now I'm not going to waste another decade. I'm going to be religious and sort of militant about those goals. And so, yeah, but sometimes I dance and negotiate. With myself. <laughs> well, that leads us very well into the next question, which is how do you get back on track when you lose that focus? Uh, you just, you got to go back to basics. You go back to the the quarterly rocks. So my partner and I in that business, we noticed that we had been doing our weekly meetings and kind of skipping over it. And somehow we let that part of the meeting kind of go out the window. And the moment that you notice that you're off track, you have to just stop and get back on track and you have to press pause on everything. So we had an emergency rocks meeting or, you know, update meeting. And we went through the rocks and got ourselves back on track, new promises, the whole thing. And now we can finish out the second half of the quarter with those things in front of us. Awesome. Who's your support group, Kate, and how do they keep you accountable? Ooh, good question. Um, I have various accountability buddy people for different things. So I have a partner in my business that keeps me accountable for that particular business. Um, I have a meditation buddy chat where I check in every day with people about my uh, meditation stuff. Um, and other than that, this is going to sound really, really crazy. But Josh, I've talked, I've told you before about how my life, I only have business friends. <laughs> yeah. And um, part of that is that while I have friends that I enjoy for other various reasons, like we have other interests, like social dancing or whatever, I find that my, as I cut down and I only have an inner, inner circle of people that I hang out with on a regular basis. Those are mostly people who think the way I do. They have goals, they have ambitions, and they're actively pursuing them, which means that I rarely talk to a single person in a day that isn't an entrepreneur, business owner, business friend of some kind. So I think just almost that little bubble that I live in, it, it keeps me on, keeps me on track as well. Gotcha. And how do you approach a difficult project that you're not sure how to complete? Oh, I just had to do this for myself because I'm taking on this new health protocol uh, that I'm working with uh, a, a new physician on. And so it really was, first of all, to take the jumbo mass of whatever it was and organize it into something that could make sense. So I started by just taking the information and just chunking it out into categories and then from there, I broke it down into um, 
a plan, a phase one, phase two, phase three. So I had to ask myself of this big mess that I now have somewhat organized now that I can see it in a way that makes sense. What can I commit to, to get started now? Because trying to eat the whole frog for me at one time didn't make sense. So I committed to what could I do week one? And then what could I layer on once I have week one under my belt and I'm religious about it and it it's in, what can I layer on week two? And what can I layer on week three? And part of that was that my physician actually was not a fan of this and was like, it's no big deal. Just start it all on day one. And I was like, that doesn't work for me. Let me, if I do that, I'm going to push it off and never get started. So then it ended up three rows of spreadsheets, but I finally got to, this is my daily protocol, you guys. And this is breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And I just continue to iterate on it and get better at it. And by the way, this morning was the first morning where I got the entire morning protocol done from start to finish. And it only took me five minutes. And so it's been, what's today's Thursday? It took me four days um, to do that. And I'm really proud of it. So now it's something that I can keep practicing and get better at. That's awesome. Thanks for that. And uh, last question, what's the number one pro tip you would give to somebody looking to get more stuff done in less time. Um, We've mentioned a couple of them. One was delegation of anything that you can possibly delegate. Um, Number two, I think, is getting more stuff done in less time is about um, being maniacal about about that goal setting, right? When you're in flow with something and you have this plan, right? This took me a little bit to get in and repeat, but it's a goal of mine. When you start letting other things creep in. So it really is this structure. I will say, I guess I'll say it this way. And um, I've been verbose about it because I'm on the spot and I'm having to think out loud, which is one of the- Yeah, that's okay. That happens to me. me. I like like talking- I like talking around the the answer until it kind of just like manifests itself to me. That's that's basically how I navigate almost any conversation. I'm just going to open my mouth. I have no idea what's going to happen, but it'll probably be pretty good. Smart people do smart things, right? Smart people do smart things. The answer for me is this, um, is that most people resist structure because they desire freedom. And what they miss out on about being productive is that the structure is actually what gives the freedom. Just like we talk about children that resist discipline and structure because they want to be kids and go all over the place. But all of us know that once you can teach a child when they have structure, they have some sort of safety. And then from there, freedom can flourish on top. So structure actually, while it feels like you're giving up your freedom in order to do the structure, the truth is, is the structure is what's going to get having the structure in place is what's going to give you the freedom to build and create what you want on top of it. Wow. That was awesome. I'm glad you talked around that because that was pretty epic. That's thank, thank you, you for sharing that. And, and so talk to me a little bit, Kate, about social media pro, uh, and, and where you're headed, you know, in, in the, the second decade, if you will, of entrepreneurship, where, where is that going for you? 
Yeah. Well, I love that we're talking about social media pro on the productivity podcast, because one of those things that people have to do and need to do every day in order to grow their business, but that they resist, procrastinate and hate is social media. And so for a decade now, it first started as me being the person that supported people in getting that task um, off their mind and off of their plate and was able to make measurable impacts in their business. But now, as you mentioned in my bio, I've had the ability to go on and train 30,000 people. Um, social media is an in-demand skill. And um, post-pandemic, it, all virtual skills are in high demand. Every business knows now that they need to know how to use the internet or have somebody on their team that knows how to use the internet in order to survive. Because who knows if they're ever going to try to try to lock us all down again and keep us at home from going out places. So Social Media Pro really for me is about, um, I just got done talking to Drew B. Wilson and he um, went on and on uh, very, uh, very enrolling about legacy, making an impact on legacy. And so Social Media Pro for me is about helping people get free from their nine to five job and start a business online when they have no idea how to do it, right? If you know how to use Facebook or Instagram and you do it for your own personal purposes, then I can teach you how to do it for a business. And it's like, it's like meta in like, uh, it's very meta in the sense that then you get to go on and serve other people and help them be more productive in their business by providing social media services. So right now I'm really focused on building that business. And um, I had a really big breakthrough smart people doing smart things. And um, it was that um, my newest program is not just digital consumption. It's actually a mentoring program where you have to show up to the classes and you have to do the homework and you have to get feedback in order for me to like sign you off and pass the class. And um, the big breakthrough there is in doing, not just learning, right? So the big breakthrough for me with Social Media Pro and what I'll be focused on moving forward is not just in the training people to be social media managers in the traditional sense, but also really um, helping them implement what they learn for the first time so they can hit those, so they can do the doing, do the cutting, like you said, mm -hmm. and not just all the measuring. Because when you cut, that's when you realize what you, that's when you actually learn. That's when you learn how it actually works. And so it's been a really awesome experience doing this first, what I'm calling forced implementation program. Hmm. Um, people are really learning and I'm so fulfilled also seeing what they create, their social media strategies, their YouTube strategies and all of that, that um, I'm really looking forward to continuing to train people and also continuing to help small business owners get placed with or matched with a social media or uh, other content marketing person that can really help support their business grow. So I get to help on both sides and I love that. That's awesome. And uh, who who's a good uh, target audience to engage with you, either uh, if they want to learn about social media or if they maybe want to hire one of your students? Yeah. So um, if you want to hire somebody, you're a small business owner, most likely maybe a medium business owner. If you want to hire me, you got, you know, you're, you're an established business owner and you have like a converting offer. But um, my students are always looking for um, somebody who is um, who's who knows they need to be doing social media, who is 
willing to participate in the content creation process, um, but who would also like to delegate that task as a gift to themselves um, in their business to get that off of their plate. So um, my, my social media managers range anywhere from just charging a couple hundred dollars a month for a business, a startup maybe that's just trying to get off the ground all the way, you know, up to um, some of the programs and stuff that I'm charging, which which is more in the five figure per month when you're providing really like full scale content marketing services. And then for the students, if you want to learn how to do it, it really can be anybody. You know, in my mind, I joke that when I retire, I'm going to go work at Starbucks. Um, so whenever I'm creating, I'm always thinking of that person who has their first job or, you know, is just out of, you know, is, is just trying to figure out or in some kind of transition in their life where they, they want more freedom, but um, they're not really sure what to do. I think that social media is the lowest barrier to learning what you need to learn to be successful online because, well, you all already use it. Hmm. So if you're just looking for a change or you just want to earn a little side income or something, then social media might be something that you would consider. And then Social Media Pro will have a pro. We have several different programs also for more advanced people. I have advanced programs as well. But um, I, of course, get really fulfilled when somebody messages me and says that they quit their job or they, you know, paid their had that extra mortgage payment this month or whatever it is because they got a new social media client. That's awesome. And where can, where can they go to learn more about this? Well, if you want to learn more about Social Media Pro, you just go to socialmediapro.com. Um, and if you want to hang out with me online, you can find me anywhere. Um, I'm Kate Buck Jr. on all the platforms, whichever one's your favorite. I'm there. Okay. Awesome. You're everywhere. You're omnipresent. I am. I'm the godmother. So the godmother of the social god of media. Godmother is omnipresent. Awesome. Well, hey, we're going to wrap up from here. Thanks so much to our guest, Kate Buck Jr., for joining us and sharing some of her wisdom on how she gets stuff done. You can connect with her directly on your favorite social media platform by looking up Kate Buck Jr. To learn more about Social Media Pro, you can go to socialmediapro.com. And then once again, if you want to keep hearing great content like this, be sure to follow and subscribe on Apple or Spotify. And don't forget to get your own personal DoZone DNA by visiting DoZoneDNA.com. Until next time, remember, we all have the same 24 hours in a day. What are you going to do with yours? I have a job for you. Open up your phone or get out a piece of paper and write down these three questions. Number one, what is one important task I can get completely done today? Number two, when can I start it? And number three, what impact will that have on my life? Now answer these questions as best you can every single day this week. Then commit to taking action daily. Now you're in the do zone, baby. Let's go. Need some help with accountability? Are you stuck where you're at and not sure how to break through the barrier in front of you? Join the DZ tribe for free by visiting thedozone.com. We're a group of hyperactive entrepreneurs who want to help you get more stuff done. Oh, one more thing. If you know somebody who needs to hear this message, share it with them. Text them, email them, send them a DM on social media, smoke signals, carrier pigeons, whatever. Be sure to tag us at The Do Zone. Also, keep the five-star written reviews coming over on iTunes. That helps new people find the show, hear it, and get themselves into The Do Zone as well. And always remember, the road to success is paved 
with imperfect action. So what are you waiting for? <laughs> Go do something already. See you next time. Yeah, yeah.